Now, just for a few moments, we're going to have a think about uh, the second reading that was read out to us from Mark's Gospel. And uh, to do this, I'm going to need a fair bit of help as we go along. So I'm going to ask all the kids, if, all the children, if you want to come up and sit just on the carpet here, uh, that would be great help. And parents, you can come up with them as well if you want. But I need lots of helpers, so I need as many children down here as I can get. So if you're, if you're sitting in a seat somewhere, if you want to come and take a seat on the carpet, that will give me... Uh, a lot of help, the help that I'm going to need as we go along. I can see a few still uh, sitting amongst uh, the seats in the back. If you want to come up at any point, feel free to do that because I'm going to need your help as we think about this little passage from Mark's Gospel. Now, uh, as, as you're coming up, I, I'm not sure if you've ever met anyone famous. You've ever had a sort of a brush with fame, whether it be someone from the TV or a or a sports star, or, or uh, you know, someone like that, or even the Prime Minister. Has anyone here met anyone famous over time? Anyone in the, in the congregation met anyone famous? Not many people. I haven't ever met anyone famous, but to be honest, if I did, I wouldn't really know what to do. Uh, sometimes when you meet famous people, or you think about what it would be like to meet famous people, you, you'd be scared, wouldn't you? you? You wouldn't know how to react, what to say, what to do in their presence. And uh, I reckon that would be especially the case if you were to meet a king, a king who was in charge of, say, a whole country. If all of a sudden you were sitting at home and there was a knock at the door and you opened the door and there's a king at the door ready to come and visit, come to stay at your house. You know, sometimes when you're at home and you're minding your own business, you get random knocks on the door and people do that all sorts of times of the year. Sometimes around Christmas people come and sing carols at your house and you're not expecting it. Most of the time on Christmas Day, sometimes a few days later if they're not sure of the dates. But uh, most of the time we're, we're sure, we're, we're expecting the person who knocks on our door. But what if you opened your door, you're sitting on the couch, you're watching television, there's a knock on the door and there's a king. I don't know about you but I'd be scared. I, w- I wouldn't know how to react, I wouldn't know what to say. And so what I want to do just for a few moments this morning is I want to think about being ready to meet a king. So just in case it happens... Just in case you're sitting at home and the door opens, there's a king there, you'll know what to do. So that's, that's what we're going to do for a little while this morning. So the first thing we need to do is to, to be able to recognise a king so that if we open the door, we'll be able to say, ah, that's a king. I know what a king looks like. So I need a volunteer to be our king for the morning. Do you want to be our king? What's your name? JJ. JJ. Do, you want to, do you want to sit here, JJ? You can be our king for the morning. Now what we're going to need to do, King JJ, we're going to, we're going to have to make him look a bit more like a king than he does now. And so we need to think together about what a king looks like. What does a king normally wear? Yeah? A crown. crown. Yep. Anything else? A robe. Any other ideas? What does a king wear? A cloak. Yes. Any other things? He holds something. Yeah, it usually says, I'm important. I'm the king, doesn't he? Well, we're going to have to try and turn JJ into a bit of a king. So I've brought some things along. If you want to stand up, JJ, we're going to dress you a bit like a king. Now, the first thing uh, that was mentioned is that a king wears a robe. Now, I've got to be honest, I'm not a king, so I have no king's clothes at home, but this is what I found. This is the closest thing to a king's robe. Now, it might be a bit big for you, but uh, it'll make you look like a king. So, if you want to put your arms in the robe, we'll start to make JJ look a bit like a king. King JJ. Now, uh, sometimes kings wear like a sash that says, I'm the king or something on the uh, front, so we'll, we'll get that around your arm just through there. So it's starting to look a bit more like a king. Now this is uh, the king's throne but it doesn't look much like a throne. 
at the moment, to be honest. So we might just put some purple on it. So the purple's a king's colour, so we'll make it look a bit more like a king. Here we go. We'll just open that out. Okay. Now, I think the, your throne is ready, King JJ, if you'd like to, to sit up on that. You right? Here we go. Yeah. Now, the most important... Watch that. The most important thing a king wears is a crown. Now, unfortunately, my crown is kind of dodgy, so it might fall apart at any moment, but there is your, your crown. I crown you King JJ. There you go, King JJ. Now, uh, also, a king has a staff, people were talking about. Now, I couldn't find a staff, but I found a walking stick. So, uh, that will be your staff for the day. Now, we have King JJ, and we'll make him King of Fullwood. In fact, King of Sheffield for the day, King JJ. There he is. So, we now know what a king looks like. So, if someone like JJ knocks on your door, you'll say, ah, that's a king. We need to know, next thing we need to know is, what, what does a king do? What are the sort of things a king normally does, Yeah. He rules people, yep, he makes rules up. He bosses people around, yes. <laughs> Anything else? What else does a king do? Any ideas? I reckon sometimes a king is in charge of a nation. He actually has to look after people, doesn't he? If he's the boss, not only does he get to make up the rules and boss people around, he has to tell them what to do and he has to make sure he looks after them. Any other ideas? Yep. He shouts at people sometimes, yeah. Watches TV. Yes, I imagine kings <laughs> watch TV. Now, if you were king for a day, king, like King JJ, and you can make up a new rule for Sheffield, you can make up any rules you like, what rule would you make up if you were king? Yeah? Don't go in your car as much, so less driving, that's a pretty good rule. What rule would you make up? Any ideas? Yeah? What was that? Recycle. Yes, we're, look at this. Very impressive. Drive less, recycle. I was thinking no more school or something like that. But Very impressive. What's that? Oh, okay, what, what did you have to say? No wars. That's a pretty good rule. Imagine that. No wars, recycling and driving less cars. We've got a pretty impressive king, King JJ. You've got a lot to live up to. But, but that's one of the things kings do, don't they? They make up rules and uh, they, they're in charge of people and they look after people. They're the sort of things that a king does as well as this is being what a king looks like. Now recently, just this week, we've celebrated Christmas together and uh, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. And what the Bible tells us is that when Jesus was born, he was born as a king. But he's not like a normal king. He doesn't look anything like King JJ here. What, what are some of the things that Jesus did that a normal king wouldn't do? What are, what are some of the things that Jesus did that a king doesn't do? He was born in a stable. That's a bit odd, isn't it? Save people from their sins. Not many kings can do that, yes? Walked on water. I haven't seen any other king do that, yes? Died on the cross. So all of a sudden, when you start to look at Jesus' life, he doesn't look like a normal king at all, does he? In fact, everything that a normal king does, he seems to turn on its head. And one of the things that's different about Jesus' kingship, the fact that he's a king that's different to any other king, is most kings, a bit like King JJ here who's in charge of Sheffield, most kings are just in charge of one country. But the Bible tells us that Jesus is actually king of the whole world. 
The passage we had read out to us before, God the Father who made the whole world said that Jesus is his son. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was around right at the beginning when God was making the world. In fact, he and the Father made the world together. And so because he made the world, he's actually in charge of everything. He's in charge of Sheffield, he's in charge of England, he's in charge of the whole world and he's in charge of you and I. Everything about him says that he's king of the whole world, in charge of us. And even more than that, as we look at this passage that we're looking at today, Mark chapter 1, it's worth opening that passage up. It tells us that Jesus, who's, who's king in heaven, whose throne, a bit like JJ's throne, is actually in heaven, that he, he actually came to visit us. Remember we were talking about getting that knock on the door and all of a sudden there's a king there. That's what Jesus did. He came down to earth and he came to visit us. And we were thinking if a king did that, we need to be ready to know what to do, what to say and uh, how to act. And we can be worried about not doing the right thing. But the, the beauty is the passage we're looking at today tells us three things that we can do so that when we meet the king, when King Jesus comes as he has come, then we can know exactly what to do and we can be completely confident when we meet him. So let's, let's think about these three things. These are the three things we're going to need to do if we meet the king. I'm going to read out a couple of verses from Mark chapter 1. It's verse 14 and 15. Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Now what the Bible says is the very first thing you need to do when you meet King Jesus is you need to repent. It's a funny word, repent. It's, it's kind of a tricky word, but I've been thinking about it this week and it turns out that really what it means is saying sorry, saying sorry to King Jesus. That's the very first thing we need to do. And usually you say sorry to someone when you've done the wrong thing, don't you? When, when, when you've hurt someone or you've uh, done something that your mum and dad told you not to do and you've got to say sorry. What the Bible says is that we need to do that to King Jesus. We need to say sorry to him. And the reason we need to say sorry is that even though Jesus is king, what we do is that we think we're king. We think we're in charge. And what we do is we take King Jesus' crown, sorry Judge, and we put it on our own head and we sort of stride around saying, I'm the king, I'm king of me, no one else. But then when we meet Jesus and we realise that he's actually God and he's in charge because he made us, we need to say sorry and we say, sorry, actually you're the king. You have back your crown because it doesn't belong to me, it's yours. And so we give it back to him, we say sorry. And that's what the very first thing we need to do when we meet the king. And what the Bible says is that when we say sorry, the king of the whole world, Jesus, will forgive us. He'll say, that's okay, it's dealt with, I forgive you. All the things we do wrong, all the times we let each other down, all the times we treat each other badly, God says, I forgive you, just by saying sorry to Jesus. And when we had the baptism of Ted and Maisie earlier, that's what that's all about. The water that we use for baptism is a symbol saying that when we come to Jesus and say sorry, he forgives us, he washes us completely clean. It's a bit like if if you're really dirty and you have a hot shower and you get all clean again, that's what it's like saying sorry to Jesus. When I was was a child, I I went on this camp where we used to go on these mudslides and we'd slide down this mudslide into a big pile of mud and you'd do this all day but by the end of the day you're just coated in mud. And the best thing you could possibly do is get in a hot shower and get it all off. And when you say sorry to Jesus, that's exactly what happens. He gives you a new start. So that's the first thing we, we need to do when we meet the king. And so just to help us remember, I've, I've written some signs so that we remember the things that we need to do when we meet King Jesus. And I'm going to need a volunteer to hold that up for us. Can you hold it up for us? 
If you just stand behind King JJ and just hold it up nice and high so everybody can see it. That's the very first thing we need to do when we meet King Jesus. We need to say, sorry. Now the second thing we need to do, we find in this passage as well. Let's, let's have a look at Mark chapter 1 again. Mark chapter 1 and verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said. So a little bit later in uh, Jesus' life, when he came to earth as the king, he meets people who are fishing. And he says to them that what they need to do, as well as saying sorry, is they need to follow him. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever played uh, follow the leader before, where you've got to follow exactly what someone does. But we're going to do that now. I'm going to get you... If you all stand up, we're going to play follow the leader, and everyone else needs to stand up too. So if everyone can stand up, we're going to play follow the leader just for a minute. And in follow the leader, I'm the leader. So what you've got to do is you've got to follow everything I do. So I'm going to start by tapping my head. I bet you never thought you'd do this when you came to church this morning. And then we're going to hop on one foot, if you can. And then we're going to rub our belly. And it's about this point I start rubbing my head and tapping my belly instead. But tap your head and rub your belly. Okay, you can all sit down. Now, uh, I've got to be honest, sometimes when you follow people, you end up looking stupid like that. You end up doing silly things because they're not worth following. And I'm uh, one of those people, to be honest, when it comes to rubbing your belly and and tapping your head. But the thing is, Jesus is king of the whole world. He created you. He knows what's best. And so when he says, follow me, you can trust that he's worth following. And so that's the second thing we need to do. And following Jesus means two things. Firstly, it means doing what he did. And when he was king, when he was here on earth, he did things like love people. And he looked after people and he served people. Even though he was king of the whole world, he served people. And they're the sort of things that we need to do as well. And even more than that, following him means you trust him. You know, if you were lost somewhere and someone said, follow me, I'll show you the way, then you need to make sure that they know the way. And Jesus is the king, so you can trust him. You can follow him. So that's the second thing we need to do. So I need another volunteer to hold up our sign. Thank you. So if you hold up that next to sorry, we'll start to see what, uh, what we need to do. So you're meeting King Jesus. If you want to know what to do, the first thing you need to do is say sorry and then you need to follow him. And the third thing that the passage tells us to do, we'll see in verse 17 of chapter 1 of Mark. Let's have a look at that. I'll read from verse 16 again. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. So we need to say sorry, we need to follow. And the third thing the Bible tells us we need to do is to fish. Seems a bit strange, doesn't it? I'm not sure if you like fishing. I love fishing, not very good at it. In fact, the last time I went fishing, I cast out my line and There's the bait on the end of the hook and I can see this seagull, this bird, flying towards the hook and I'm going, no, please don't. And I'm sailing through the air and the the bird grabs the bait and gets hooked on uh, on the line and I'm I'm winding this in and everyone's looking at me like I'm some horrible person and I've caught a bird rather than a fish. Now, uh, that's a pretty weird thing to catch. When you go fishing, you're meant to catch fish but what Jesus says is even stranger than a bird when he goes fishing, he fishes for people. Not fish or birds, he fishes for people. Imagine that. You imagine fishing for people. And what he actually means is this. He means that he wants people to come into his kingdom. He wants to invite people to say sorry to the king, to follow him. 
And so if we've done that, if we've said sorry to the king, if we're following him, then the Bible says that we need to invite people to come to Jesus and say sorry. Because what happens is that most people in the world, sorry JJ, I'll steal your crown again, most people in the world are doing this. We're all walking around, we're in charge and we need to say, actually Jesus is the king and you need to say sorry and you need to follow him. And so what Jesus wants us to do is to go fishing for people, to bring them into his kingdom so that they can know that he wants to be their friend. So there's the three things. We need someone to hold up our third one now. Fish, can you hold that up for us? Nice and high. You're just back there. Oh. Okay, if you come down here, if you come down here. Okay, so this is what you've got to do. You, you've got the knock on the door and there's King Jesus, not just King JJ, but King Jesus, who's king of the whole world. He's come to earth and he wants us to do three things, to say sorry to him and if we do, he'll forgive us. He'll say, completely gone, I forgive you. And then he wants us to follow him, to trust him, to go where he goes and then to fish, to invite people to come and know Jesus. And that's what being a Christian is all about. Now sometimes we are a bit nervous if, if we met someone famous, we wouldn't know what to say or do. And that's especially so if you, if you ever meet the, the king of the whole world. But we don't need to be nervous at all. We don't need to be afraid because we can do these three things. We can say sorry, we can follow him and we can fish. Well let's pray and let's thank God that he's made it so easy for us.